Hey, everybody, you're listening to Crystal here with the Plant Pusher podcast. And what's really, really exciting is that we're here with you to always talk about all things plants, colors, textures, shapes, their impacts on your life. I love working with plants. I love introducing you to new plants. And here at Plant Pusher, that's what I do. I push you straight to the plants. Hey, everybody, welcome to Plant Pusher. I'm Crystal. I'm your host, the lover of all things green, the lover of plants, the lover of things that make your whole soul smile. So I also have a wonderful co-host today. Go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> um, Chef Brian Lindsay. Yeah. So I don't know why he said it as if he wasn't uh, excited to be here because I know he's I am, excited. I, I, oh, you are? I, I, well, bring it then. Here I am. Oh, oh, okay. This is it. It's official. Yes. So today, guys, we're going to be talking about sustainability and seasonal items. And so we're going to talk about the importance of not only growing crops that are just awesome and good for the earth and good for wherever you are, but that are also good to your well-being. So there's some amazing things that grow where I live. And so we're also going to talk about the importance of foraging and how you can forage well. And so you know what? Chef Ryan, do you want to talk to us about foraging and like your experience with it? Uh, have you ever foraged before? Yes, I just began this year and I love it. I absolutely love it. What do you forage? Um, So basically, uh, based out of New York, uh, I would go to Long Island, which is a two hour drive. And we, I would forage oysters, mussels and escargot. You forage any snails. plants, like any seaweed or anything cool like that? Yes, you do have you do have seaweed and uh, you pick it up different varieties of different seaweeds. So I don't really know the specific uh, name for them, but uh -huh. yeah, you could actually use that for when you shuck your oysters to like present it on a plate yeah. under the seaweed. Have you ever forged any, any mushrooms before? No, because my knowledge based on mushrooms or fungi in general. Fungi, you know, you have to be very careful because there are poisonous ones. And I, my knowledge on the, the poisonous ones aren't, you know. You're, you're not ready. That that verse. So okay. oh, I don't want to risk risk the possibility of. But you make a bomb truffle butter is what I hear. I yes, do. When the time when the time comes, <laughs> I can I can throw down a little something here and there. But, Tell me um, about these muscles and this forging that you did where you're from. So basically it's. um. The foraging goes back to ancient times where you live off live off the land, but you just have to be knowledgeable about what you want. You know, just like watercress, watercress you could actually forage if you own property and you have a stream nearby. Yeah. You could have uh, watercress growing in your backyard and not even know it, uh -huh. um, or lamb's bread. Uh, but basically, tell us about this lamb's bread. What's that? Lamb's bread is a type of greens that is used in salads. Um, has a little spiciness, kind of like in the family of arugula. Um, okay, so I can make a salad with it. I could dress a sandwich with it. Yes. Could I put it like in a you green smoothie? You can make smoothie? a pesto. You can make a pesto. You can put it in smoothies. Um, but just having that knowledge, you know, just in case, God forbid, supermarket shut down, what do you do? So we can harvest it in the water and then add it to a smoothie, rinse it, clean it, drop it in and cook with it or anything else you want? Yes. Very dope. Have you ever added the watercress or anything else like that? Or the lambs in with... Um, Lamb's bread, you called it? Yes. Lamb so bread. lamb's bread, have you ever had, like served that with any of the mushrooms or uh, not mushrooms, but like the the oysters and things like that that you forged before? Um, no. Uh, 
when I forage, I forage just the mussels and oysters. And basically, you either create a sauce base. Mm-hmm. Um, for the oysters, you could just shuck them. And uh, when I talk about shuck them, I mean opening them once you actually harvest them. Mm-hmm. And um, you normally have just a little hot sauce, a little lemon, and, you know, just down the chute. And uh, you taste that that fresh o- ocean taste from each oyster and escargot is, is really interesting as well. You know, um, it's, you have to clean them. You have to boil them first to like get some of the impurities. And, you know, sometimes there are parasites, but, um, basically you have to know low tide and, you know, when the tide is coming in. So basically I would go foraging in the morning, early in the morning, five o'clock, get there by seven and the, the tide is already out. So you're able to harvest, not only escargot, but mussels and oysters. Well, that's cool. So I love the idea of foraging and gathering what we want on our plates uh, sustainably where we where we reside or yeah. close to where we live or work. So cool things like going outside and harvesting wild, you know, blackberries or blueberries because everything, mulberries, you know, because everything has um, a season. So like, for example, on my property right now, I have tons of mulberries where I can create mulberry jam. I harvest them. I create soap by them with my company, Sage and Apothecary. And then like we also um, love making drinks with them, berry lemonades, you know, so it's harvesting what's right there around you. And if you don't know, there are really cool apps you can use. You can take pictures of something that you see. It'll tell you all about it. If it's poisonous, if it's great for you, if it's something you should like wait and harvest at a certain point. So it's really exciting. So I love foraging and harvesting from what's around me. I just got to forage some uh, and harvest some peaches the other day. And I'm super excited because I have been like staring at the peach trees. Like, are you ready? Like peeking at them while they sleep. And like a baby stalker. But it's been great because once uh, we harvest the peaches, we can make awesome desserts and drinks Question. and great things from them. How does mulberry taste? For somebody who has never had mulberries, what would you compare that taste profile? Ooh, okay. So they can be, they come in different colors. Whether you can have white, you can have red, and you can have a deep purplish blue looking like almost like a like a blueberry or blackberry. They're sweet, actually. The bitterness is mild in them, but they're really sweet. Now, the reason why you can't buy them in stores is not because they're a bad berry. They're too fragile. The shelf life on a mulberry is so short that they can't harvest them and transport them all in the same due time for you to eat them. And that's why stores don't carry them. Um, But also for a long time in this country, they were banned because they were considered a weed and they were considered uh, invasive. They would take over and you would have them everywhere. They banned them for a long time. So that's why you don't, you see them in a lot of places, but people think they're weeds or they're bad thing. It's because they were marked as invasive, but they're wonderful. They taste beautiful. You can make a lemonade out of them. You can bake a cobbler with them, a jam, like literally I can dye things with them. They're very versatile fruit and they just grow right above your head. They're awesome. Even the leaves are good for tea. So what does it taste like? Like It tastes like a clean berry, not a blueberry, but maybe more along the lines of a blackberry. Okay. Uh And they're a little smaller than a blackberry, too. Got you. Uh They're about like the size of the top of your pinky. So they're not really, really big. They just are a little longer. But that's it. But they're slim. But they're really, really good. A handful of them, rinse them off, throw them in your mouth. Antioxidants, here we come. And the actual leaves of the mulberry tree, you can dry them and crush them. And have a tea. 
Oh, really? Uh-huh. They're known for having a very rich, beneficial tea. So there's so many benefits to what somebody thought was a weed. You know, just like dandelions. You're going to harvest dandelions because it's warm outside. It's summertime. Yeah. Those beautiful yellow flowers that you were told your whole life to grow in between concrete or weeds are actually amazing for the immune system. They're a diuretic. They're great for helping you rebuild the body, you know, uh, joints being, you know, soothed and aches and pains going away, boosting immunity. Like dandelions are not your enemy. They're definitely our friend. And I like to harvest them. So it's a lot of fun to harvest beautiful things. Okay, so tell me, in season, what are some of your the things that you really enjoy cooking and like having a gathering for friends over? What are some things based on season? Like, you know, it's summertime. We out here in our shorts. We ready. What are some things that you would prepare like for a, like a gathering of friends that's in season and something that we can make on our own, too, because we're all about doing things like people who mean the most to us. So what are some things you think that we should consider? Um, well, normally in spring going into summer, you normally have a plethora of greens. So fresh greens like arugula, asparagus, Peas are in season right now. Um, and What about in summer? What's something good we can do in summer? I was thinking like melons, like watermelon and cucumber and mint, because, you know, I grow a ton of mint. So what do you think? So you can make a lot of salads because normally around summertime, you want to go outside and grill because turning on the oven inside the house is just unbearable because it's so So we so could hot. grill some. Listen, how about we put some watermelon on the grill? Yeah. Get a light char on the outside, sweet on the inside. Uh, you can do grilled corn with watermelon. I with like feta, this. I like this. With a nice, you know, citrus vinaigrette. Can I do it with a goat cheese instead? You can do goat cheese or feta. Goat cheese or feta goes very well with watermelon. But it's feta. Feta is Feta from, is Greek. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go with a goat cheese, y'all, because goat cheese is like, so soothing on the delicious. system. It, well, it's it's easier on the body, in my opinion. So for a lot of people who have a lack who are uh, lactose intolerant, a lot of them they can handle goat byproducts like goat cheeses are a little softer on the stomach, depending on. So I'm, I want to try that pairing. Okay, so if we did corn and watermelon on the grill, what's something else that I can make that be like a good snack? It's got a little crunch to it. Something that's refreshing. If I had some friends over, if I'm harvesting from my garden. Or buying from a local farmer's market, what's something else I can consider? Garlic scapes are really good. Um, they're just uh, the shoots of the garlic itself. You can actually throw that on the grill, chop it up, uh-huh. and you can throw it on if you have any beef or any chicken proteins that go well with garlic. Okay, but I can also make like a dip. I can make like a dip, uh, like for some tortilla chips. I can what, blend in some some scapes. The some scapes, of course, um, in my hummus maybe. Because I mean. It's showing people the versatility, the versatility of the plants in general, like what tastes good, what's cool. So a hummus dip Cucumber, and dropping. Yeah. Like gazpachos are popular. So, you know, you don't only have to do tomatoes. You could do watermelon. You could do cucumber. You could do I like corn. That. Because they're refreshing. You you know, the water content in watermelon, the water content in cucumbers, the water content in corn rehydrates the body. Are we hydrating ourselves from the inside out? You have to. Okay, because I like it. To. I mean, listen, keep keep it moist, y'all. We need the inside of your body fully hydrated at all times. And you can do that with your food. I like the idea of doing a gazpacho from watermelon. And from cucumbers. And then you could get the goat cheese and you could do it like sorbet, but with goat cheese and just drop it in. Oh, okay. 
Okay. With a little bit of dill, you know. We can make a sorbet from the mulberries and the watermelon. There you go. And the strawberries. I didn't even think about that. That oh, would Renita. be so tasty. Clearly, we're getting a little hungry. Okay, so I like this idea. I feel like I need to have a gathering so people can come over because I'm all about being seasonal, seasonable. I mean, I really feel like um, for a minute there, people were getting really used to eating things out of season in this country because with grocery stores, we have our, um, the accessibility to everything all year round. But the problem is when it's having to come from other countries, you know, what does that do for the landscape around you? So eating what we can grow and then buying local as much as we can and eating in season creates sustainability and it gives the the land a chance to uh, replenish itself, to put the nutrients back into the soil by giving it a break, by eating what's in season. So it's just the beautiful things we can do. It's the little things, right, that we can do to be good to the earth so the earth can be good to us because I'm your favorite plant pusher. It's what I do. I push the plants on you. So now y'all have to have a gathering, a plant-dominant gathering. You can have some protein on the sides if you like. And I'm telling you, we've given you so many good ideas that this is a home run. Like, I need to come to y'all house and eat with you. I mean, we started this together. So <laughs> we in this thing. So I'm so glad that you tuned into the Plant Pusher and we got to introduce some beautiful ways that you can be sustainable and seasonal on your plate. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again. Be good. Let the earth be good to you. Peace. Later. This show, Plant Pusher Podcast, is brought to you by Possibilities Podcast Platform. We appreciate you listening. Stay tuned. Your favorite episode is up next.